This podcast is part of the Power of Podcasting Network. Find it at powerofpodcasting.com. Today on episode number 657, Carolyn from boomtank.com almost quit her podcast and boy, is she glad she didn't. Plus, my thoughts on the whole Anchor, Gimlet, Spotify thing and how a two-minute podcast can help you win $150,000 worth of podcast equipment. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005. I'm your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast consultant, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. This is where I help you massage your message. I help you tackle the technology. I help you face your fears. We're going to talk about that today. And then flatten that learning curve and get you going on the right path to podcasting. My website is schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code LISTENER, that's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R, and save on either a monthly or yearly subscription or buy a class a la carte. Don't forget about our question of the month. I need this by the 22nd of February. And this month we are asking, what is the number one top thing that drives you nuts that podcasters do? We're calling them pet peeves. We haven't done one of these in a while. The difference is I'm asking for one. What's your top one that makes you go, ugh, and then unsubscribe or tune out? Also, we'll be playing this next week. If you have found love via your podcast, being that Valentine's Day is this Thursday. Next week, I'll be talking about people who've actually found love via their podcast. So uh, again, just go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash connect. If you're going to record something and email it to me, it's really easy. My email is dave at schoolofpodcasting.com. Please put February question in the subject line so it doesn't get lost in the smattering of emails that I get on a daily Basis. I look forward to hearing from you, and we will air that one on Pet Peeves. That will come out Monday, February 25th, 2019. Now, the big news this week in podcasting was Spotify bought Gimlet, which kind of makes sense. It's like people that make really, really good content, although between you and me, I don't listen to any of it. Uh, and then they also bought Anchor, which in my opinion is the bottom of the barrel. It's a free media host that's lost $14 million and blocks your access to Apple stats and Stitcher stats. I'll be making a video on that sometime this week. If you uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, or if you follow me on Facebook or LinkedIn, you will see that because I say that to people and they, they go, yeah, but it's free. And I'm like, okay. Uh, so that'll be interesting, but here's the, the bottom line to this. If we go back to last week, I said, sometimes you just got to ask yourself, what's the worst thing that could happen? Well, they could take all of the Gimlet shows and put them in a place where you can't get them in your favorite app. Well, from what I've read on Twitter, that's not going to happen. That If you're a fan of Gimlet shows, you're still going to be able to get them in wherever you want them. And maybe in the future, and this is what we don't know, is that it might be a case where they come out with a new show and either A, it will only be available in Spotify or B, it will be available in Spotify before it's available someplace else. I don't care. That's kind of weird, but I, okay. Because we already have this. 
We have AMC has the Walking Dead. You can't get that online. Uh, the Blacklist Exposed is another one. You can't. You can either DVR it or you have to be a season behind. Is how it works, and I'm fine with that. I think that's the way it works. Does this mean we're all going to eventually have walled gardens? Probably. Is there anything we can do to stop that? Mm, not really, because most of the shows, and by that, I mean all of the shows that I listen to, use this lovely thing called RSS, and that is not going away. And I live in a digital age as a musician. I know that if you can hear my music, you can steal my music. And so in the same way that Howard Stern stuff that's behind a paywall on Sirius ends up on YouTube, if there's something really, really good on Spotify, people are going to put it someplace where everybody can get it. That's just the the way the internet works, whether it's fair, whether it's moral, doesn't seem to really be an issue anymore. People just go, oh, here, I can steal it. It's really easy. So that's kind of interesting. So I just, I think they overpaid. The anchor thing really blows me away because anchor, I will, here's what I will applaud anchor on. They did exactly what they wanted to do. They came in, they wanted to grow big and get purchased. And they did exactly that. I do not recommend you go on anchor now though. A lot of people are like, Oh, does this mean they're legit? They're not going to go out of business. Eh. I don't know. I've seen Google buy a lot of stuff and then shut it down. So that I have no opinion on. I'm just saying I've seen other places get, you know, Joy uh, Joyride was a crowdfunding thing that was purchased by Google. And you're like, that's weird. I've never heard of it. Yeah, because they shut it down. So I'm going to be interested to watch. But I just wanted to say at this point, I would not start moving all of my stuff to Anchor. Now, many of you are going to say, Dave. You work for Lipson, of course you're going to say that. I'm saying no. Well, yes, I do work for Lipson, but it's no. This does not mean that Anchor is now the best thing since sliced bread. And again, I'll be making a video a little later in the week so you can see exactly why I don't like it. Anyway, today we have a great story, and that is I have unfortunately run into people who have launched a podcast and they were under the illusion that this is the strategy. You start your podcast, you record somewhere between three and 30 episodes. You pick a launch day, and then you you release all your episodes. Release the Kraken! You tell everybody and their brother, you tell everybody and their brother to rate and review the show. Then that gets you a new and noteworthy, and then... Thousands and thousands of people will listen to your show, which leads you to sponsorship. That was very much the the game plan that many people put out as this is the way to do it. And it's true. There have been some people that did that. That is not the case anymore. I've never really been a big fan of that anyway, mainly because I didn't see it working. And number one, you can release, you can start a podcast with one episode. You don't need three, you don't need five. You can do it with one. When you do it with more than one, it does enable them to download more than one episode. But realize, again, if let's say you release with three episodes and somebody subscribes, you do not get three downloads. I will say that again slower. You do not get three downloads. You get one, and if they like your stuff, they might go back and download the other two. So 
why am I bringing this up? Because the person I interviewed today was going to quit. They were going to just dump everything because they weren't in new and noteworthy. The, the whole script they had in front of them wasn't working. Now, luckily, she came to me and I said, well, hold, hold time out. Let me tell you the truth here. This isn't the way that works. What I need you to do is focus on your audience, make great content, and just keep pushing through. It's a long game, but at the end, there will be some rewards. So she listened to me. She did that. And today, we're going to hear from Carolyn from Boomtank on what happened when she didn't quit. So Carolyn Cole from Boomtank.com, thanks for coming on the show. Oh, David Jackson, thank you for having me. It's a complete honor to be here with you today. You know it is. I love your smile, by the way. They can't see it, but I can. I love it. (laughs) Thank you. Well, one of the things, we started to talk at MapCon, and it was one of those things where, of course, at an event, you're always, oh, wait, there's another speaker coming in, and well, okay, we'll connect later, and then we never did. And I was like, okay, I got to hear your story, because you said, at one point, you almost quit Boom Tank. I, I did. And that was just a reality of the, that entrepreneurial story. Do you push through or do you just jet it? And I dug deep and I held on and I'm so thrilled I did. So for everyone out there who has a dream and you're going to encounter stormy waters or maybe times when things don't go as well as you planned or you don't hit that marker uh, when you're looking at other people's markers, it's important to step back and look at what you're doing and realize you're right on time. You're right on schedule. It's part of the process. Process and simply keep going. Do not abandon your dream. Do not. It's something you'll regret forever. You'll regret it. Yeah, because I remember you reached out early when you first launched to me and we kind of did some consulting and, and kind of got you appointed. Did, were you thinking of quitting then? I'm trying to remember. It's been a while. No, you were you were terrific. I was actually knowing that I had to fine tune what I was doing to get more traction. And I came to you because you're amazing. You're the expert in this field. And I've met you before, actually. And I loved, I've heard you speak a few times and I actually listened to your show. So I figured, uh, you know what? I'm going to go right to someone who has the expertise to get me over this hump. And that was back when, when I explained to you, it's been my word, it's been two, two and a half years, I think. And I contacted you because I really didn't care about new and noteworthy on iTunes. And for those who don't know what that is, if they're listening for the first time, when you launch a new show, you kind of can go to the top of the special chart as a new person, as a new podcaster, get your traction. and Hopefully that gives you another enough traction when you bow out of new and noteworthy because you can't stay there forever. It's pretty much for new shows. I had not paid attention to that. I didn't care. I just wanted my show out there, great content, those kinds of things. So when I contacted you and you were my consultant, I said, did I blow an opportunity here? And should I stop Boom Tank, start another show with a new name and now go for new and noteworthy? And you said, absolutely not. Keep going with your show. It's an established show. You can't beat that. Don't abandon it. So I thank you for that, David. Awesome. Well, was that the main reason you were thinking of quitting? You just thought, wait, I didn't hit new and noteworthy, and, and everybody's telling me that everything in sliced bread is new and noteworthy? Or what was what, were the other factors or just what, what made you think, ah, you know what, this isn't for me? Numbers, sheer numbers. And that was the other piece of the equation that I spoke at at the Mid-Atlantic Podcast Conference, MapCon. And shout out to Joe Pardo. It was a great event. Wonderful seeing you and him there and everybody else. The thing was, when I was looking at my numbers, I knew my content was really good. Where I wasn't strong at the beginning was how to market myself and the show. And I was very discouraged by the numbers. And you said, don't be. This is the long game. You will find your way. And you gave me some marketing tips that were extremely helpful. We were talking about 
about a podcaster and you know him. He's the one who has the horse show when nobody had the horse show. And then he just mushroomed out of control. Wonderful. And you explained to me how he went about doing what he did. And you gave me some pointers to keep going. So that was the big turnaround. It was those two things. It was, did I miss the opportunity with new and noteworthy to get an audience that iTunes was going to give me? Right. And at this point in time, should I be discouraged by numbers as a, you know, a starting podcast? Because by that point, I was probably six, eight months old. And you said, absolutely not. You said your numbers are good. They will only keep growing, keep going and keep fine tuning. It was great advice. And so you did. And since then, uh, I was on your website. I've seen all sorts of fun. I know the answer to this, but what has happened since then? A lot of things have happened since then. I focused, my podcast was a bit different than other podcasters out there because my podcast was truly a marketing arm, at least at that time. It wasn't designed to make me money per se with, say, promos or having advertisers come to me. It was another marketing channel, just like social media, just like ads would be. And as a result of that, I, I, I paid attention to the numbers somewhat, but more focused on getting out there with a message and driving ideal clients to my show so they could hear me and sign up with me. So my business business grew. And as my business grew, I was discovered by an affiliate for that one time and still associated with Steve Harvey, the Steve Harvey. And I really thought it was a con. I thought it was a joke. They reached out to me by email. I said, spam, spam, spam. Good for me for being so smart and ignoring this. So I ignored it for the first month. And then they emailed again the second month and ignored it again. They emailed one more time and they <laughs> said, you know, can you contact us within two weeks? And if you do not contact us, we will just think that you do not want to be bothered with this and we will let you be. And I had time to reflect on that. I said, it's been two months and I think it's a it's a it's a scam but you know what I'm smart enough to know that and why not because even if they if they are the real deal I can figure out how a bigger level of play works with getting my show and my work out into the world because I really want to help people and you do too that's the basis of what we do and I figured it won't hurt me if they are the real deal if they are this big group to talk with them and see how that bigger play works so I reached out and I said okay let's talk and it turned out they were the real deal they were not scam. They weren't spam. Uh, I was really blessed and I'm still in their townhouse to this day as we speak. So that was a blessing. And then also as a result of the show, I was tapped for a small piece of podcast movement. I spoke at Mid-Atlantic Podcast Cat a conference, MapCon. And I also did a TEDx talk. I did that this past August. And that's as a result of my show. And as a result of my show, I have clients, I have a business, and I've been on other shows. So it's one of those things that grows if you're consistent, as you say, and you just keep at it and also keep refining your message and you about who you are and what your message really is to the world. So how has your message changed? Because like right now, it's, you know, Boom Tank is where uh, business success and happiness meet. Was that your original message or w what has changed kind of as you've gone through the last couple of years? Well, right behind me, I keep this because this is a testament. This is what I show people that I consult. But this says, Boom Tank, free your mind, unleash your spirit, build your life, create your business. It's your show. When I started, my idea was that you touch on all five points of the star. It's personal development. It's business. It's a whole bunch of things put in. And that was it was it was really energizing. And it was good until I realized through my growth with podcasting, you really need to define who your, your, your core message, who you are. So this is not no longer my tagline. And then after this left, now you see where business success and happiness meet because the happiness piece is so key to my work, always has been. And I didn't think it was at the forefront. So I've brought that to the fore and I still have a passion for business. So that's the that's the answer to that very good question. And 
Is there any way that you're tracking these clients from your podcast? Like when you, do you just ask them like, how did you find me? And they go, well, I heard your podcast or that's how, it. how are you? That's it. Well, that makes that's life it. easy. That's it. That's it's that simple. Yeah. Would you say, is there any, have you done any kind of like measurement of like life before podcasting and life after podcasting to see what kind of growth you've actually experienced? Personal growth of my own? Uh, no, like your business. Like what was your business like before the podcast and what is it like now? Like that you can oh, say, I wow. Didn't have any. I didn't have any. This podcast oh. started my business because I was a two decade Fortune 100 and 200 senior trial attorney. That's what I did. That was my vocation. Along the way, I, I got some other paper and some other specialties. And then I taught myself this. And I literally stepped away from corporate America over three and a half years ago, roughly three and a half years ago. And I went into this business. And I always knew I needed a runway to do it. And that the show was going to be an integral part of it, because I wanted that was my voice getting out there. And it was also very important if I just talked to people at conferences or wherever I was, Chamber of Commerce, anywhere, that I could say I had this show and please tune in to listen to me. Because that if they were interested, that gave me a platform in their world and that's how it happened. And I always knew having a podcast was going to be key to my business and to scaling my business. And it is. It, it remains those things. Yeah, it's kind of like an audio business card in a way. That- it is. It is. It definitely like- is. You mentioned Chamber of Commerce. I think you're one of the first persons I've ever heard that throw that out there. Would, have you had any kind of uh, success or, or any kind of leads from that? Yes. Here is what a lot of people, and I'm one too, and I have done a big step back in my business since maybe June, July, August, because my brand is now growing in that talent house I talked of, right, that I spoke to. And here's what if, if people are looking to grow, keep doing what you're doing if you're growing perfect, but also understand that the biggest growth ever is not always online. It's those in-person events. It's those in-person speaking events. It's chamber of commerce. It's those kinds of things are still very real and very big. And right now I see a lot of people struggling where they have been advertising on Facebook, their podcast promoting, et cetera. That is not getting the results it did a few years years ago. It's simply not. And people are like, what do what do we do? Well, you do what time-tested publicity and PR and getting your message out always has been. You go out and you meet people. You talk to people. David, you're a very big traveler. You do a lot of in-person engagements, right? You get the word out. You're, you're speaking out there. And Yes, Chamber of Commerce will work, but I encourage people to go bigger than that. Try for bigger events, bigger connections. All of that matters as you build your brand and get your message out there. Yeah, I've, I'm surprised. I've tried a couple things that I really didn't think. It was like, ah, hey, let's see what this does. Uh, I went to one. For me, I look at podcasting as anybody who's trying to get publicity. They're trying to get their message out. And so I saw at a local library that somebody was doing a seminar on LinkedIn. And I'm like, all right, well, LinkedIn, these people are trying to get exposure on LinkedIn. And all I did was I went over because I wanted to learn how to get more exposure on LinkedIn. And I, they said, okay, any questions? And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting. I help people launch podcasts. And here's my question. And that's all I said. I didn't want to be a, you know, I didn't want to be that guy. And at the end of the meeting, I had four people go, you're the podcast guy, right? And I'm like, yeah. So, and I got actually some decent leads from that. Uh, I do a Northeast Ohio podcasters meetup. And I'm going to say we we're lucky if we have 10 people show up to that thing. But one of those people got me on TV. So you never know. You just go up and show up and. Uh, 
And, yeah. and the thing I want to put out there when I when I was brought into this talent house and they're out of New York and they're very big and then they they represent big talent that everybody listening to this knows. I mean, super, super big, not necessarily podcasters. We're talking big media people. Right. You don't know. And I, I said this at MapCon that I only had at that point three or four hundred downloads, maybe per episode. That's it. Now, some people would say you need thousands, tens of thousands, a hundred thousand. And that's why I love my story, because I didn't really intend to have that. I'd love to have that audience. I'd love to have your audience. But the reality is because I was focusing my energy on my business, that's where I was pulling the big levers that I didn't focus it on the growth of the podcast, which I am now. But just those small numbers got me noticed. It got me picked up. So that's inspiration for people. Hang in there because, you know, and I read this recently from a top marketing book and it was very good. 10,000 on your email list, if you have a show or something very good, etc. But you can do a core following and do very good on a business or spreading your message with 250 people, as long as they're really devoted to you and you're really serving them. I think that's really encouraging for people because we're so used to the land of big numbers and there's merit in that. There's great power in big numbers and great influence in that. But don't be worried and afraid about the small numbers. You'll get there. They're your friend right now. Grow with it. I'm so glad you made this point because I've been dying to make this point for a long time. Yay! <laughs> um, I, I do my thing at the end of the year where it's my favorite podcast is. And then what I do is I go around to anybody that said, hey, my favorite podcast is the blah, blah, blah show. Why well, go to the blah, blah, blah show and say, hey, somebody at the four minute and 22 second mark said that you're their favorite podcast. I was amazed at the bigger the show the harder it was to contact them. Have fun contacting somebody at Gimlet. It's almost impossible. And yet the people that I was able to contact was like, oh my God, this puts so much gas in my tank. I'm so glad I didn't think anybody was listening. And so when we're little, little in quotation marks here, make sure it's easy to contact you because it's really hard to contact the big people. And when you contact, when you are able to be contacted by your audience, that's just like that, that becomes your sales force. Those are the people that are out telling people, oh, you got to go listen to this person's show. So I, I totally, I'm so glad you said that because that's really it. It's, there's, it's, and don't underestimate word of mouth. That's your great point because all of the marketing books will tell you and the the true marketing experts, not necessarily online, but the bigger ones that have dominated, you know, markets and built like billion dollar companies, they will tell you word of mouth is your army. That's really how you get there. Think about the latest fads and trends. You know, the company does very little. It's the people who carry that fad or trend forward. You don't want to be a fad or a trend, but think about it that way, that the power of word of mouth is huge and people overlook that. You know, ask people to refer your show to a friend, ask them to talk about your show and your call to action at the end and the beginning if you want. Yeah. Now you mentioned that you weren't sure if this was really going to be, you know, the Steve Harvey gang or whatever. Uh, and, and you said, if nothing else, I'll learn how this big people, like how this, this whole thing works. Any lessons on that? Like what, what did you think that was going to be? And then is there anything different than you're like, well, I thought it was going to be this, but it turns out all I had to do was this. What would give us a little behind the scenes? I love this question. I love this because it's so timely with people just trying to cram into the online space for their one inch, right? Not not even a foot, like one inch or a half inch of space there. They exercise tried and true development of you in the media space, right? And that is showing up on shows just like this. So thank you again for having me. And we're going to talk about you being on my show, right? They they, exer- they talk about that. They talk about being really clear with what you're offering. They talk about 
you know, you can roll out without something to offer if you wish, but to the extent that you can just get known and build something really solid, even if it's just one thing and take that one thing out for the next year, two or three, do that. Don't spread yourself so incredibly thin. So right now I have one program that's rolling out shortly. And that is, it's a, it's a signature program that I actually have coached on for the past three something years. But now it has professional videos, has a beautiful digital workbook, that kind of thing. It's rolling out professionally and for the next couple of years. I'll have other things, but that's going to be the one I come back to again and again and again. And they have taught me the value of not being so scattered with a message. And I wasn't that scattered, but even having, you know, three different things you do or two totally different things you do and trying to blend it, it's, it gets more difficult that way. And they've really had me shape what it is that one voice, that one message going out, which has made all the difference. And I'll tell you, it's so much less work. It's so much less work to be that one thing you truly want to be, go out into the world and be that again and again and again every day on your podcast, on your interviews, in your marketing materials. That's the biggest lesson. And you have so many people in marketing online, especially with you know promoting podcasts who teach you different directions and tactics and whatnot. The, the answer is steady yourself, center yourself, be like you teach people how to podcast, David. It couldn't be any clearer than that. Now you could be going all over the place doing different things within that, but you're not. You're very clear and on message about what you're doing. That's how you've built who you are and your show. And that's what other people have to do. Now, if you need to change and grow, you can do that. There are ways to do that. You're not just trapped with one thing forever. But it's so beneficial to just pursue for a time one thing and then keep shaping that until that works. When that works, then go shape something else. And if it truly doesn't work, doesn't work, doesn't work, then you have to assess, let it go and try again with something that you feel better about doing. That's what I've learned from them. Yeah, get the one thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jack of all trades, master of none. Not really yeah. probably that profitable. Well, <laughs> so. and the other thing is the, the science shows that too much confuses people. When they're confused, they walk mm-hmm. away. Right. And when they're really true and, and if they're in a state of confusion, they can't get to know you and really care about what you're doing and see how it will impact their lives because it's never really about us. And that's another point I think we should drive home because, you know, you talk about you help people learn how to podcast and the focus is on them. Too many times in podcasts or whatnot, people talk about themselves way too much and you don't have to let your material speak for yourselves. And it, it, it's really what I've learned from them even more so. And I've always done this, but it's on a gradual scale now because I've been with them for almost a year at this point. It's that you really want to make it clear in your podcast and everything that you do that you're really eliciting this information for them for the greater good. You're talking to a you, not a then it's, and I, I've stopped saying, Hey everyone. No, it's, Hey you, thanks for joining us. You know, it's one-on-one. Those kinds of things really matter and they're not gimmicky. It's really you establishing a rapport. And there are a lot of experts out there who are teaching you how to do the contrary thing right? You're not supposed to be the big celebrity in the moment. You're supposed to simply give them the information and let them be the big celebrity in the moment, help them out. So all those nice shifts about being how they do it in the big game, how, how you relate, those are lessons from that. I was reading Story Brand by Don Miller, and he was talking about how- Excellent you know, book. Yeah. It's like 
your 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 audience is Luke Skywalker. You are Yoda, and right. if you think about it, Yoda knows a whole bunch more than than Luke Skywalker. We're getting our total nerd on here, but <laughs> but the movie's about Luke Skywalker. It's not about Yoda. So yeah, because uh, otherwise, I would think you sound a little bit narcissistic if you make the whole show about you and like oh look at me i'm on a boat (laughs) but here's the thing is that people don't understand at a certain level of 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 this podcasting game that they're truly not narcissists they're being trained to get out there and really broadcast their credentials again and again and and all this and that and the other there's a way to do it without that when when the overwhelming majority of your episode really should be about what can people get out of it truly what can they get out of it right You've been doing this now three years? Uh, three, almost three and a half. Yeah. So are you doing your own editing or what's what's the technology side of this? How did you tackle all of that? Oh, great question. It was a nightmare because, as I said, I came from a legal background. So I knew nobody who did any of this. I just kind of jumped in. And what I ended up doing that was a mistake in my business easily the first year is I was pulling all the levers in my business, every single lever. I was doing mm-hmm. all my editing, and we all know what that means. I mm-hmm. was taking out maybe 100 ums, 200 ums from an episode, <laughs> and I was sitting there for eight or 10 hours. I'm not kidding you. That's how bad mm-hmm. – because I thought I had to have the perfect show. So eight to 10 hours hours editing, teaching myself editing. I use Camtasia. So, and then I had this perfect product and I was exhausted and I hated it. So then I was like, well, where can I find guests that don't do all of that? So I don't have all that work. And you know, that's always a mixed bag, right? And then you, you learn that, but I was doing all my editing all of my social media posting, some of it manually because I really wanted to tailor things. What a mistake that was. And then I was doing my own copy, my own website maintenance, my own my own marketing and my business on top of it, consulting and coaching and traveling some. So yeah, that was not, it was not smart, but we live and we learn. So I'm sharing that with other people. Do not pull all the levers in your business. It's a recipe for disaster and you won't make it. You won't scale either. You can't pull all the levers. You have to have help. Yeah, it's an easy way to burn yourself out real, oh, yeah. real quick. Well, and the thing is, when you really look at it, and and I I heard this from Todd Herman and other people, the twelve uh the twelve week the twelve week year, and it's a mm. book almost similar to Todd's program. But it's simply this that in your your business in your life, and even with podcasting, let's say you're you're a podcaster and you just love it, you don't have a business around it, you just love your show, but you find that's taking time away from your personal life, maybe your your family, your 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 activities, whatever. When you look at things in life, you have to say, is this a $10 an hour task, a $50 an hour task, a $1,500 an hour task, or is this costing me my relationships? If any of those things add up to you and and that makes sense in your brain, hire someone for the $10 an hour to go do that so you can maintain your relationships, maintain your life and and make time for that. Go do that. You know, don't, don't sit yourself in a $10 an hour thing on this task if that's going to deprive you of your life. And, And that's another thing to keep, to watch for this. Yeah, it's it's good to edit your own stuff, but there are other people who can do it lightning fast now. They really can. And they can yeah, do it well and cost effective. So it's to me, uh audio editors now are a bit like Walgreens and um what's the other big chain? Um yes. 
CBS. Yeah. It's like, there's one on every corner and that's not to say they're bad. They're just, there's a lot of people doing that now. Like, Holy cow. And they're happy for the work. They're happy to do it. And they're, and they do Chances are they're going to do a lot better job than you because that's what they do. And that's their specialty. So while I say I edited my own show, do I think I'm an amazing audio editor? Oh no, 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 no. But after slaving 10 hours, it was pretty good. And that was just insanity. Don't, don't do that with your show. Don't do what I did, but I was starting out and I didn't know any better. Well, and sometimes I always say you either pay with with time or money, one of those two currencies, and sometimes you have more time than money. And I think sometimes it's good to to edit your podcast first because that way you you can kind of speak the language when you get an audio editor to say, hey, here's here's what I need to do or that and things like that. So your podcast is Boom Tank. You can find that at boomtank.com. Tell me about your your target audience. My target audience now has shifted. All right. This is this is ah. growth of a podcast. All right. When I started my podcast, like most people starting, you go way too broad. I wanted to touch everybody and everything on planet Earth, even people that weren't on Earth. You know, anybody any anyone that would pick up my signal, I felt was uh was was somebody who could listen to my show because my show had a spiritual component to it, a business component to it, a personal development component to it, a health component to it. Are you hearing the danger here, David Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> Are you hearing all the components of the vastness? And and it was good. It was it was like. And then I found an audience that would go with the different themes, and that was really good. So that was it. And as I've narrowed in and refined things, where I am now, and the work I'm doing for the next couple of years, because that's actually on the map. It is now C-suite executives, business executive, entrepreneurs, business owners. That's my wheelhouse now. Yeah. And I'm bringing the corporate piece back in a bit because I had 20 years in corporate, you know, that I was a corporate trial attorney. So I'm bringing that back in because they actually need the work I'm doing now. And I had gone totally entrepreneurial, which was wonderful. So I, I, I'm this, this great hybrid kind of like you, because you have the corporate sensibilities, you also have the entrepreneurial and we're in a, in a place for, with a unique blend because we can reach both audiences. So I was leaving half of my skill set and my reach totally on the table as if it never existed. And that's that's folly. As you move into podcasting, if you're doing a show for for a business or just a show for your personal enjoyment and fulfillment and to help others, leave yourself open to tailor your audience, scale it back. And also, if you're trying to get away from something, a profession that you did that you're tired of or just something like that, don't leave all the pieces behind. It might You might want some distance on it just to chill for a bit, right? But go back and grab those pieces and try to figure out how they blend in because I promise you all of that work you did is not, not for naught. It, it matters. You take everything forward with you that means something to you. Don't leave it all behind. So when I have now the C-suite executives, the business executives, and the professionals and business owners, entrepreneurs, that that's my wheelhouse. What I'm doing is bringing all of that back to bear. Now, I will be tailoring that audience. It's not going to be that wide like every business executive or every entrepreneur. I'll be, I'll be zoning in on different people that, for me, want life redesign, but in a practical way looking at productivity, looking at all these pieces where you can rebuild your life in a way that you haven't been trained in the science to do it. Because I'm really big on not only intuition, but brain science to get you where you're going, because you've done a life transition and a reinvention. I've done one. I know other people who have. And I sure wish there were other people out there really talking about this more, because a lot of people, number one, wouldn't quit their reinvention. They'd go Mm -hmm. for it, keep their dream alive, and they'd really live before they died. 
Okay. Number two, it wouldn't be as hard. Now everybody has their own journey. It's sacred to them, but you can really help people by saying, boy, did I go there? And I wound up with my car stuck in a corner going boing, boing, boing until I backed up and went another direction. Now I'm on the freeway. Let me help you do that. Right. And there's, there's a place for people like you and me to help people with those conversations, because I think we're seeing a shift and podcasting has actually done that beautifully. You've been around forever, so you can speak to this better than I can in the podcasting world, but there's just a shift in general. And I credit the millennials for this. I love millennials. And I think that, I think that we ought to quit name calling and give them the respect because <laughs> they're changing the game, right? They're yeah. changing the game saying, Hey, let's live, let's take care of the environment. Let's do things differently. It's, it's a wonderful change, whether you buy into it or not. And I think that their voice in the podcasting world is good. But having these larger discussions about how podcasting can add to someone's life, including your life, it's very powerful and empowering to put your voice out there and have other people join in that conversation. Amen, sister. I'm with you. I, I don't think there are small podcasts. You know, you can have small download numbers, but you never know who's listening. You never know you don't. And this was this confounded me too, because this is a very good point for, for people who are podcasting. On my email list, I say to people, hey, you know, let me know what you want to hear, who you want to hear from. Let me know what yeah. you think. You know, nothing, crickets, but they're there listening. You see, it doesn't mean you're not creating an impact. It doesn't mean they're not going to come to you. Sometimes they just don't because they just don't have a need to. They're like, it's all good right? It's all good. I'm here. I'm listening. I'm giving you my time. I'm getting value. It's all good. So you look at your numbers and you're like, wow. And I heard this way back when. Be flattered when you have a show. If you're getting 50 consistent listeners, then be be really humble about getting 100, then 150, then 200, 250. We forget. What if you were standing in a room and there were 200 people there listening to you? They came to hear you. What if they were only 50? What if they were 25? That is amazing. It's it's a great thing. We don't hear about that counter side about you're you're having an impact. You're you're on the march. It wasn't it's not built overnight. You're on the march. Just keep going. Don't get discouraged. And if you do, call Dave Jackson. Because <laughs> <laughs> he he helped me hang in there. You did, David. You really saved saved all of that because you were so level about it. And you're like, no, 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 no. Here's the deal. And you were right. That was the deal. Exactly what I said earlier that you told me. This is very good. Well, yeah, when you say 100 downloads an episode, to me, my teaching background kicks in. I'm like, that's five classrooms, and that would be a whole floor at where I used to work. So, And that's when they could be watching or listening Hulu or Netflix or HBO or AMFM, satellite, DVDs, Xbox, and they're choosing to listen to you. Never, never, you know, it, it's like you said, you don't have to have these big, giant numbers. I, one thing I want to ask you, what's the best and worst part of podcasting? The best part of podcasting the people I meet, I love that. Even even more than my numbers. I mean, I love reaching people. That's that's getting my voice out. Getting my voice out and actually helping people, that's number one. Number two, the guests I meet, I have to do too. Because I love the people that I meet and the network that you grow and the growth you get from them. And then the wonderful thing is, and Judy Robinette, she's arguably the top power connector in the world. She's a female power connector, but I say arguably the top power connector in the world. And her book is a How to Be a Power Connector. You can get it on Amazon. It was a top business book. It's been um, Steve Hardy of Success Magazine has rated it. Other groups have rated it. But she said, listen, people are missing the power of networking. And networking is not, hey, get me a job. Hey, can I be on your show? Hey, can you do this for me? That is not networking. 
real networking is you show up and you be of service first. And yeah, there might be a bad actor here or there that takes advantage of you, but, but, but on balance, people are just so, so appreciative when you say, how can I help you? You know, the, I have these things. Can I open up my network to you? And the people at the top tier and whether no matter what sphere you're in, economics, political, religious, spiritual, business, podcasting, it's about relationships, period. And these people can open doors for you. And we're so busy in this tech world of running Facebook ads and Google ads. And that's how I'm going to build. People are missing the fact that number one, word of mouth, as we talked earlier, will build your show, but also your power network will, will build it as well. Like right now, you have done this great thing for me. I will tell you when we're done talking, I'm going to say, Dave, how can I help you and your show? And I'm going to really mean it. And I'm going to do everything I can for you to do that. Right. And that's how you start the conversation. You don't start with, Hey, I got an idea. Can I, can I, well, you don't even know them. Can, can you help me with this new venture? I understand why people do that because they're trained to do that. And I'm here to tell you, Judy Robinette, even more so is here to tell you it's wrong. And this is the woman who knows the top people in the world. She's governments consult her. She flies for governments over in, in the Soviet bloc or down in South America to come talk. Right. She is at the top and she is the most human, kindest, open book person you will ever meet, right? And she will say, this is how you do it. So pick up the book, people, if you want it, um, because I'm passing that to you. That was another big change in my life. So when you say, what's the best thing about podcasting? Judy Robinette was there because she spun my whole world about how I need to go out more and do that. And that's part of the in-person stuff that I do when we talked about that. It's the need to get offline and get out. Even if you're introverted, get out there, have one quality conversation. And she gave me a guest who is a top guy. And he said, here's what I do when I go out. I ask the person coordinating the meeting, who is the one person in this room I should talk to if my interest is X? That's the only person I care about talking to. It, it does you no good to come home with 50 or 100 business cards that you know you're going to say, hey, and you're never going to talk to each other again. Make that deep connection and make it count and be of service to them, not ask of them, be of service to them. So the worst thing about podcasting has been the editing. <laughs> By far the editing. Other than that, it's it's been great. And then once I also got my head turned around that, thanks to you, that it's not all about the numbers. And my show will grow this this new format i have yet another new format coming out it's a building of the brand more tailoring and i'm going to be going on alexa flash briefings so that's like a mini podcast to me okay i think it's going to be very important under carolyn cole live so those things uh are, are all positives the negative would be the editing david jackson yeah, that's always the fun part. I'm not, I'm <laughs> but sure weird. Good. but, it, but it's because you get to hear yourself and get better. You get to hear guests and coach them on crutch words before they jump on. So there's benefit to it. But after you've done it for 100 hours, the, I think you've got the, the lay of the land, right? Yeah, nothing more fun, though, than listening to yourself from like four years ago. And you go, <laughs> what was I thinking? Uh, so, well, everybody, you can find Carolyn over at boomtank.com. Carolyn, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, it has been my absolute pleasure. It's always wonderful seeing you, and it's been an extra honor actually being on your show and spending time talking about these things. Very important. I love your show. Sign up, subscribe, do all the good stuff with David. It's wonderful. (laughs) And get him as your consultant. He will save your day. (laughs) Checks in the mail for you. (laughs) There we go. No check required from the heart. Thank you, Carolyn. You can find her again, boomtank.com, where business success and happiness meet. A couple of cool things stood out there. Number one, I love the fact that 
We got a little behind the scenes of working with larger companies. I love the fact that she thinks millennials should start podcasting. I think they should too. I would love to hear their point of view. The fact that you don't have to have a huge audience, you can get 250 devoted people. And the fact that keep in mind that when you are a smaller show, you can do things that bigger shows can't do. And then I'll have a link to that book that she mentioned out in the show notes if you just go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash 657. Calling all podcasters. Want to win a share in $150,000 worth of prizes? Then make a podcast one to two minutes long on any topic and in any style and enter at myroadcast.com. Entries close March 12. As I look at their page, I, I mean, I'm not sad that I'm one of the the prizes. They just ship me in a box and they'll ship me anywhere because you get the Roadcaster Pro. By the way, I have updated my firmware of that and the weird buzzing issue I was having is now gone. I'm still having a slight issue with Camtasia, but not really because I can fix it. But uh, I love the fact that they're fixing things via firmware. In fact, uh, by the end of the month, we're supposed to have an update to have this thing now recording in uh, separate tracks. But you'll get four pod mics. Those aren't out yet. Four PSA one studio boom arms. Those are awesome. Four cables, an SC6L mobile interview kit. That's cool. Uh, podcast cover art design, podcast sound effects and music library, Adobe, uh, the creative suite for a year, schoolofpodcasting.com one year subscription, a, a whole bunch of stuff. And that's if you win. There's a ton of stuff for runner up. Check it out. Myroadpodcast.com. If you are in Brooklyn, I'm going to be at the On Air Fest. This is February 28th through March 3rd at the Wythe Hotel in Brooklyn. Then in March, I will be at PodFest. This is almost easier to say who is not going to be at PodFest. Everybody, this is March 7th through the 9th in Orlando, Florida. In June, I will be speaking at the Utah Podcast Summit, getting my Utah on. This is June 8th at the Salt Lake Community College, I believe is what that stands for. Looking forward to that. Early bird tickets end uh, February 28th. So if you're out on the west side of the U.S., this might be something you want to look into. Of course, I'll be at Podcast Movement in August. That's always a good time as well. Working for the lips and peeps. So if you would like to start a podcast, I would love to help you. One of the uh, prizes of the podcast power pack that we talked about last week, if you go to school of podcasting.com slash podcast power pack is you win my content is king course. And I've been doing some things with that. I now have a revised checklist for if you're an interviewer, I have a revised checklist for making your own interview questions. And then I have a revised checklist for the guest that you can send your guest and go, Hey, thanks for coming on the show. Here's some things to keep in mind. So there's a whole thing on there. Uh, I actually have some things from Eric K. Johnson, the podcast talent coach. He did a special segment for, uh, interviewing on that. That's in the school of podcasting in the content is king course. And of course, that's just one course. 
that you get when you sign up at schoolofpodcasting.com slash start and use the coupon code listener. That'll save you 20% off. And that walks you through everything from planning your podcast to building your website, to buying the equipment, to getting it on your media host, whether it's Libsyn or Blueberry or whoever you're using. And then how do I get it into Apple Podcast and Spotify and Stitcher and all that stuff? It's all there. We've got group coaching on a weekly basis. You've got the Facebook community. Check it out, schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. In the next coming episodes, I'm going to be looking at some software that will help you make your podcast. I'm going to be looking at these things called plugins. We don't talk a lot of plugins on this show, but these are like, it's like adding air conditioning to your car. You can add this little feature to something like Audacity or Hindenburg, and these will be things that like remove reverb and compression and things like that. I'm uh, working with a company that I'm sniffing some of their stuff, and anything else that you would like to be talking about. Of course, at the end of the month, we have the podcasting pet peeve. So I always love to hear from you if you have any ideas, schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact. Thanks so much for tuning in. Until next week, class is dismissed. Take care and God bless.